Welcome to the True Masculine Project. My name is Eric. I'm your host and fellow student on the path of masculinity. On this show, we will discuss personal development and masculine principles so we can be the best men that we can be. If you are new to the show, welcome, and you may want to head on over to the intro episode. Uh, describes the format and a little bit more about what we want to cover here. And for the rest of us, on to the show. Hey, and welcome back to the show. Uh, this is part two on the series that we've been doing on Iron John, sort of a deeper dive into one of the books that I think is pretty important for dudes to listen to. Uh, so once again, it's called Iron John, a book about men by Robert Bly. And where we left off on last week's episode is that the boy has decided to go off into the woods with Iron John. And we talked about uh, what that represents, sort of the breaking away with the expectations of the mother and father, and is sort of coming into his own or the beginning of a process of coming to his own as a person. All right, so going off with Iron John, the boy leaving with Iron John is the start of the initiation process into the male spirit. Uh, the time away from your parents that a boy needs to find himself, like the mentorship or apprenticeship programs in the past. And you still have some native cultures that continue to do this uh, sort of practice to this day. Uh, the, Hopi, the Hopi natives um, of the United States, obviously, if you happen to be listening from overseas, how you doing? But they still have a initiation ritual where at the start of 12, the boys are taken out of their mother's tents and they go down to live with men, um, other men as in a group of men uh, to be sort of brought into the world of men. And they do not see their mother again for like another year, year and a half or so. So that way the men can initiate the boy into what he needs to do and be capable of doing as a man in their uh, society. Now, the majority of Western cultures, largely due to the way that we have decided to live here, nuclear families only for the most part. There's no real gatherings of people together. And I think that's been to the detriment of the formation of transforming uh, boys into men, because without it, Robert Bly suggests that you don't have a way for boys to form clean breaks with their parents Right, so that the subconscious then tends to act on it um, another way. In fact, ancient societies did not believe that boys became men without some initiation process. A welcoming into the male's world uh, instead of living in the world of mother, which all children do um, at the start of their lives. Um, a welcoming into the male's world was stereotypically done and historically done by the older men, the elders of the village. It is clear through all the boy behavior that we see today that we are missing some sort of transformation process. In our society here in America, you don't, you don't really have too many people who go through a sort of process that, hey, you were a boy and now we're going to teach you how to do things as a man. Uh, frankly, the only really structured sort of activity that most men receive with other men happens to be the military. And if you don't go through a sort of military type training, then you tend not to have one unless you seek it out on your own it's sort of okay this is what we did before and this is what your expectations and what your life should be like or at least what's going to be expected of you going forward how to think how to behave you know how to stand up and be a leader in your life and your families and the rest of the things that i feel that the reason why we have so much division is just due to just rampant boy behavior looking for a sort of leader to guide them and something that maybe people just feel to be subconsciously missing 
the the old ways involved a sort of seclusion from women in general followed by a sort of uh, giving of a ceremonial wound that all of the members of their tribe would go through. I'm not sure if the wound is actually necessary, as uh, we'll get to here in a second, that the wound was really a part of teaching people how to deal with their emotional and physical tra traumas while being like held in a space of love by the older men in the village. Now, I think that you can teach people how to do that without actually rewounding them. And it also probably served as a way to strengthen the bonds uh, between the males of the village. Um, it is stated by Robert Bly and through like the research that he had done when writing this book that the reason why it was done by older males and typically not done by their their parents in these villages where they did where they still do some of these practices is that you need space from your parents to sort of one find a new way a different way of thinking uh expand your horizons as it were and two in order to stand up and to be your own person you have to experience a situation where it is required for you to be your own person in these initiation sort of rituals, it wasn't just, you know, like here's some really hard physical stuff that you need to do. However, I do think that there's something that you take with you whenever you do something that's really hard. Uh, you realize one, that the majority of life is not that hard and things that may just be minor inconveniences are just that, right? And are not the end of the world. But the older males would tell stories of not just competition, but the spiritual values of masculinity, the way you can sort of temper um, sort of the boy like hero or aggression type behavior that you'll see into understanding that hey you're going to deal with these sort of thoughts and feelings and that's okay what matters is not that you felt them or thought a thought but what you decide to act on those thoughts and feelings in the book robert bly also theorizes that the disrespectful or ugly language that you see um maybe starting around 10 or so in certain households definitely not with mine because mommy didn't play that type of nonsense but the stuff that you see between boys and their mothers uh when they lack a a strong masculine figure in the house may be due to some sort of uh subconscious process of trying to initiate a break between uh the son and his mother but not really having an elegant way to do that besides some sort of uh, relationship uh, irrepair. Now, you have to remember that the traditional way of fathers raising sons used to be them living close together, and then the father would eventually teach him his trait. He saw what his father did, and I would say that one, and Robert Bly would also mention, that the bond hurt the most by the Industrial Revolution has been the father-son bond. Many fathers work 30 to 50 miles outside of the house, and by the time they return, it is late at night. The kids can be sleeping and generally tired from a day of doing hard labor to do any real fathering. Now, you combine that with how we do schooling in modern day society, and not to say that uh, the previous way that we lived was better. Obviously, we live more comfortable lives at this point. But the uh, you take boys and they sit them in schools, which are essentially made to make factory workers, and you surround them with women. The majority of teachers happen to be women. And in general, there was just a loss of learning how to relate, come to understand, and live with male energy that previously you didn't have any choice but to do because eventually at some point you got old enough and your father taught you his trade or you signed up for an apprenticeship to learn a trade from someone else. Now we have more options and we require more specialized learning 
However, we have lost the relationships that boys used to have with their fathers. Men take up work that is far from home and it's hard to explain to a young child. Uh, now it's easy to show someone what farming looks like. You just go outside and show them how to farm. Same thing with blacksmithing or tailoring or any sort of physical trade that people used to do. Uh, however, if you're an accountant or you work in some sort of physics or data science, it's going to be hard, if not impossible, to explain that the value that you are providing to a young mind, which is not the developed to really understand what you are doing. Given to all this lack of time that fathers actually spend in the house, and this is not to say that women don't work, but um, it is my experience that when it comes to either choosing to work, to provide, right, or to place priority on a relationship, uh, most women are going to choose to maybe cut back and make less money, not have so much career than to be there for uh, their families versus the opposite is that a man is probably it was more likely to choose to work to provide monetarily, but be there uh, less physically. Now, if a boy is never really taught because he's not receiving any fathering from his father, if he even has one in the house how to relate to uh, male values and how he feels. The only w values he will be exposed to are going to be women's values. And not saying that those are worse. I am saying that those are different than how a boy is going to need to learn how to adjust to live into the world of men. And he is going to receive uh, that viewpoint from a woman's perspective. Now, given that we don't think exactly the same, something that men do that seems entirely normal, uh, women may view as weird, and then she will pass on those sort of, uh, let's just say negative views towards like the way men handle things sometime, or a, a sort of dif differences between the way the sexes handle things. Um, an easy example of this is that when you're hanging out with your boys, you may not talk about anything at all. Um, and to a lot of women, that's real confusing. You didn't ask him about his wife? No. I mean, we were talking about sports, just hanging out. His wife didn't come up. So I didn't bother to ask. Uh, dudes can sit around for each other and have a good time just walking the, watching the game and not saying anything. That seems to be to happen less often when women get together. Or um, unless you have a lot of feminine dudes together, which is totally fine. But uh, we don't really have to talk about anything to consider hanging out with each other and having a good time. In any case, the German psychologist Alexander Michelik writes about the father-son crisis in a book called Society Without the Father. And the gist of his idea is that if sons don't see what their fathers do during the day, then a hole will appear in the psyche full of demons, as he calls it. Thoughts made up to fill in the gaps about what is actually happening when his father leaves the house. Now, uh, what these demons do is that they tell him that what his father does in his work is evil, because if it was not evil, in the words of Alexander Michalik here, it would be something done in the day and it would be easy for him uh, to understand. And then you start uh, to have thoughts like, where is my father? Why doesn't he love me? Etc. And not because he does not love you, but because as a child, it doesn't really, it's less about what you receive from someone and more about who's there who provides more, who spends more time with you, the love and attention that a child needs. I know from when I was a kid that I would rather have the physical um, attention, the presence of my parents, and I cared less about the gifts. I would say that the majority of people would say that they would agree with that unless you just got used to the gifts being how you received love because you could not get love in any other way. And this is not to make people wrong or any sort of upbringing, um, like I'm not placing blame here. The thing here is just to show that maybe where we have sort of lost um, some connection that we used to have previously. 
given that uh, the boy has become suspicious. And you can sort of see this sometimes when people are like, well, I don't know. My mom does all this stuff for me. And then their dad comes home and they try to tell him what to do or whatever. And they have problems because the, the boy or the child does not understand where the father's authority comes from uh, because you never bothered to explain to him what it is that you actually do. When a boy begins to relate the masculine in general as something to that is suspicious, or maybe an evil energy to be vilified, you will not be able to connect with that same energy because no one is going to do things that they uh, label as being bad. Like no one wants to be bad. And even if uh, someone does bad things, there's been studies bad in quotation marks, like you have criminals or serial killers, but they don't believe themselves to be bad people when asked. It's just not something that the brain uh, really allows you to do from a self-preservation uh, standpoint. According to the psychologist Alexander Michalik, there's a general undercurrent that all male, male leadership, and that's due to this uh, lack of communication with people's fathers or masculine, um, given that we have an increasing amount of people growing up with no um, true male presence in their lives, that uh, all male leadership will eventually be corrupt or oppressive. Now, this was completely different than what the Greeks called and praised as right masculine leadership or Zeus energy. And Zeus energy had features like intelligence, uh, was robust, right? So it had a sort of zest for life, health, compassionate, decisive, uh, goodwill, and generous leadership. You can see now I'm not saying that you should just trust people because they are in a position of power. Obviously, that makes no sense. But the very um, thought or feeling that all leaders are corrupt and can't be trusted is a sort of extension of what Alexander Michalik talked about here, a just general distrust of masculine leadership. Now, the next section of the book here, Robert Bly goes on to talk about how males are, ten are generally portrayed in media. And we've touched on this before, uh, so I won't go into too much detail here. But just um, it's been a long time and it's very rare for you to have a competent uh, male who is also in touch with his feelings and not just some 50 style robot where uh, he's very Don Draper-esque. Now that's cool and to a point, but as you can see, if you watch the show, Don Draper's relationship are a mess and no one would tell you that they want to replicate Don Draper's life uh, with his children or with his spouses. And you know, I'm not gonna spoil the show where things that happen with those people. Now, maybe you would, in which case you might want to look into why you would want to treat the people who you say are important to you in that manner. But uh, there's a way to get things done to be effective at work while also being emotionally connected and able to live a life that you actually give a shit about. So um, just as sort of a to wrap that section up here, uh, Robert Bly states, that a boy who has no connection with the masculine learns how to interpret the masculine from the feminine as he has no male role models and the ones that you see on tv are very homer simpson-esque is a boy in that state is going to have a very hard time connecting with his own masculinity i think this is where you get the nice guy syndrome and um, viewing it as something as outside and foreign to him rather than something that is innate and a part of himself now, this is also why he prefers the older stories when trying to give people a sort of mythological aspect of view into passing the culture down 
of what men are like. And that's because they don't give you some perfect man to aspire to, but to a human one, one with both the positive and negative aspects of masculinity. Um, and these stories are free of modern psychological prejudices. Not saying that everything modern is bad. We just need to sort of temper and come back to the median here. We're not talking about being macho, destructive, or oppressive, but a, uh, an understanding of how to live with a positive sense of masculinity. Uh, now let's return back to the story of the boy's first day at the pond. When the wild man reached a pond in the forest, he took the boy down off his shoulders and said, you will never see your mother and father again, but I will keep you with me for you have set me free and I feel compassion for you. If you do everything as I tell you, all will go well. I have much gold and treasure, more than anyone else in the world. The wild man prepared a bed of moss for the boy to sleep on and in the morning took him to a golden spring. Do you see this golden spring, said the wild man to the boy. It is clear as crystal and full of light. I want you to sit beside it and make sure nothing falls into it, because if that happens, it will wrong the spring, and I'll return each evening to see if you have obeyed my order. The boy sat down at the spring's edge, and occasionally he would catch a glimpse of a golden fish or a golden snake, and he took care to let nothing fall in. But as he sat there, his wounded finger was so painful, and remember, he pinched his finger when he set the wild man free, aka was wounded uh, that he dipped it into the water without meaning to he pulled it out instantly but he saw that the finger had turned to gold and no matter how much he washed it the washing did no good iron john came back that evening and said anything happened with the spring today the boy held his finger behind his back to keep iron john from seeing it and said nah nothing at all ah you've dipped your finger in the spring said the wild man we can let it pass this once but don't let that happen again now the finger turning gold is interesting, but let's talk about the wound for a bit. It is stated that every man has a wound and that initiation is about helping man remember that wounds and the wound is not just something physical, but it could also be a soul or mental wound that occurs early in life. Um, as we know, things sort of happen to us as we go through our, our experience here and you tend to carry some of those things with you. And not all wounds have to be some giant thing. Um, just because you had a relatively quote unquote normal childhood does not mean that you were not wounded in some way or another. Um, injuries such as not receiving any blessings from your father, not seeing your father when you were small to any, due to any number of reasons, not just because he was not, you know, not in the house or some absentee father that would have to buy a pack of smokes and never came back again but just because maybe he worked a ton, so you never received the fathering that you would have liked to receive, is a wound. Um, any unnecessary physical blows would be a wound. When it comes, um, the wounds from your mother tend to sound more like this. You are very frail, and you know you should play with those boys because those boys will hurt you. If you don't stop that, I'll send you to a foster home. You're getting too big for your britches, or you were acting just like your father. And notice that the you're just like your father comment never comes out when you were doing something good, uh, but it's always seen or said as something negative or when you're doing something that the mother tends not to like. And I don't, once again, I'm not saying that these people are bad parents. Everybody is doing the best they can with what they have at the time, but these sort of things um, sort of dis diminish you. In fact, anything that lacerated your self-esteem, poisoned or degraded your confidence or undermined or degraded your body image did damage to you and did you harm, right? And you may carry around some sort of attitude or a psychological being that you sort of deal with, or hell, if you haven't thought about it in a while, you may not notice that you deal with. And a lot of these things stem from injuries that we received 
as children. Never being welcomed into the world of by older men is a wound. In fact, Michael Mead, a police chief in Detroit, remarked that the young men he arrests not only have no responsible older men in the house, but they have never met one. When you look at a gang, you're looking at young men who have no older men around them at all, trying to learn courage, loyalty, and discipline from each other. End quote. Now, as anyone who has spent any time in a sort of psychological space knows, that wounded people tend to want to try to protect that wound, and then they go around hurting other people, uh, either by A, trying not to let people get too close to them, or B, basically doing unto people as what was done unto them. It's fine if I live, you know, I live this way and I'm totally okay. Well, you're not okay. You're just sort of dealing with what happened to you. But until you really learn how to live with the wound, instead of uh, seeing yourself as some sort of victim or doing a lot of things that you don't have to view it, it's going to be hard to come back to yourself to live in a comfortable state. That's part of the reason why doing these old initiation rituals that these mentors, these older men that would take the younger boys away, they would give them a wound and then they would see that they would still, that they're still loved and cared for inside of the space. And they would learn how to recover from this current wound properly in that same way. They would be able to cover from their older wounds instead of acting in wild or aggressive ways because they didn't receive the attention that they wanted or of any other of the previous things um, that happened to them um, in the past. All right, so letting the boy's wounded finger, finger stand in for any manner of childhood wounds, let's return to this story and imagine how it happened. We tried to let the wild men out, who here represents our own brilliance, greatness, spontane spontaneity, and wildness, which tends to get beaten down uh, when you go to school early, out of the cage. Now, Robert Bly goes into a great deal here, um, a lot of detail about the type of behavior that can come from when not learning how to properly deal with wounds. Um, you get a few very different responses. Uh, some is a more victim mentality, depressed mentality, as in I deserve this sort of behavior that happened to me because um, you know, as a child, your parents are basically gods to you. There's no escape. So if however you can cope with the situation is how you cope with the situation. A lot of people live victim mentality type lives where they're sort of shut down and everything is what was me. Um, or they're sort of robotic with no feeling or paralyzed lives living in fear. Addiction, depression, and other conditions. As, as he states here, this is a long section and it would take a lot to break this down. Um, I think that we can get the gist from the fact that there are a lot of behaviors. Some are overachiever sort of based. How uh, if I'm not working all the time, I'm not actually doing anything. Not saying that slothfulness and just laying around about is something that people should do, but you don't need to work 24 seven. And if you think that that company is going to give a shit about you after you die, I got news for you, bro. There's going to fill your spot with somebody else. So you need to be able to find happiness where you are at the time. Not saying there isn't a place for work. But if you can't sit at home and sort of enjoy your friends and family or you haven't thought about what's really important to you as you spend 18 hours working all the time, uh, that may be something that you want to reflect on and see if you're doing that due to some sort of uh, need to cover up for something. Now, if you're trying to get to like, who knows, like be a head lawyer or something, just trying to think of a job that requires a lot of work and you're willing to make those other sacrifices and the other people in your lives sort of know that this is important to you and becoming the a partner in this firm is all you've ever wanted, then you're just going to have to deal with the fact that your relationships will suffer because uh, you're not going to have time for much else if you're working 18 hours a day. Okay, so Robert Bly then states that the purpose of a mentor or a male mother 
is to help guide the young men into adulthood, right? With different views and understanding and the space to be himself that is hard to get uh, when just living with your parents directly. Now, if this happens during this process, given that the mentor or the male mother mentor, right, can see your strengths or the gifts that you may have received from the things that have happened to you in the past in a different light and a different perspective than what your family sees, the boy can start to see where the gifts come out of these wounds. And now they say that every wound is a womb. The process of healing yourself and where you were injured tends to be where your gifts lie and then you can share uh, those gifts with others. Not to be the wound, but to take hold of the wound, to understand what happened, not to place any blame, and to learn how to live with it without running from it, uh, being able to look at it and be comfortable with it. Now notice the water in the story does not heal the wound, but is meant to give strength to the seeker as he continues to journey back to himself, to being able to come to peace a an acceptance right not that what happened to you was okay but you were able to move forward in your life and being a comfortable person even though that some some shitty things may have happened to you now without this people tend to live destructive behaviors all the way until sadly those destructive behaviors tend to destroy them or they live such shut down lives that they don't get any of the things done that they would like to get done Okay, so I think we'll come to a stopping point here and let's recap a little bit of what we talked about. So the boy has left with the wild man and is now living with him in the forest. Uh, we took a bit of time to talk about how um, it is my opinion and Robert Bly's opinion that the destruction or the sort of degradation of the male relationship, the father-son bond, has caused problems in our society uh, just because you have boys who are not able to relate to the masculine and sort of how uh, that process came about. We talked about the importance of the initiation into adulthood by older men for nothing, if, if it was for nothing else other than how to teach you to be able to live and to recover from whenever she things happen to you instead of closing up or becoming an aggressive uh, person whenever you are traumatized would be an ideal situation and how the majority of people do not really go through anything hard that sort of teaches you what hard things actually are or learn how to sort of um, tend to themselves, an ability to contain the, the pain that you may feel from a shitty sort of thing that happened to you without resorting to violence or just a ton of drugs, right? And what these destructive behaviors do to you, do to your families, and then unfortunately um, have an impact on our lives and society. The importance, uh, the, the importance of a mentor, a, a male mother, as the story calls it, someone who can see you for who you are, maybe shed light upon um, some strengths that you may have that you did not think that you had, as well as giving you a different perspective, one that is outside of your parents that you can use to sort of become your own version of yourself. A little bit more meaty than the uh, the previous episodes, but we are getting to the middle of the story here, and that tends to happen. We will continue dissecting this book um, as the weeks go on here. And I love you guys. Be good to each other, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for hanging out with me on the True Masculine Project. Please like, rate, and subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. Uh, if you want to interact with the show, you can catch us on Instagram at True T R U E. MP underscore podcast. See you next time.